to Proverbs chapter 23, the primary text of our sermon this morning is verse 25, however, I'll begin reading at verse 22, Proverbs chapter 23, hear once again the very word of God. Listen to your father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the the truth and do not sell it, also wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who begets a wise child will delight in him. Let your father and your mother be glad, and let her who bore you rejoice. Let us pray together. Father in heaven, by your decree you have created man and woman, that you made our first parents in Adam and Eve, that you gave them the dominion mandate to to subdue the earth, but in addition to that, to fill it. And Father, we are the evidences of that being accomplished, the children of parents. And so Father, we pray as we understand the dominion mandate requires us to continue that great work. We pray also, Father, that as we've sung this morning of the fifth commandment to honor our parents, that that would be part and parcel of subduing the earth and filling it. We pray, Father, that from this text that we might grow grow ever more appreciative of the work our mothers do in our lives, the importance of the Word of God and how best we can honor our parents, and this day as we think about our mothers, to honor them. So teach us, Lord, from your word. May it be a a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And we ask this in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. Well, brethren, it is Mother's Day, and it's a cultural reminder of the importance of mothers in our lives. Occasionally, our culture gets things right. I would say that today is one of those days. Very often, our culture celebrates unrighteousness instead of one of the commandments of God. And yet, today, I believe that our culture comes as close as it can to celebrating the fifth commandment. Now, I used to bemoan days like today as made-up holidays by by the greeting card industry. I used to complain about that. You can ask my wife. Her head's bobbing up and down. I'm doing my best to repent of that criticism for Mother's Day and Father's Day. Why? Because as the fifth commandment requires the honoring of parents, and this comes from the very hand of God, our cultural manifestation of this, I believe, is actually very good. It is something we ought to promote. It should be done every day, shouldn't it? The honoring of parents, mothers and fathers, not just on a special day, but I think it's okay that our cultural culture sets aside a day to do that. Now, uh, before long, I suspect, it will be abused greatly, much like other holidays are abused by our culture. Uh, Easter is not the day of the resurrection. It's the day of bunnies and eggs and things of that nature. Christmas is no longer the advent of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's a day when a fat, bearded man gives gifts and comes down a chimney for children. Those are abuses in large measure. Unfortunately, some of those things are are, uh, particularly 
some of the practices that we do have been have been absorbed into some kind of mythological nonsense. And yet some of those things are, are still quite beneficial as they point to the works of God uh, in the Scriptures and in our lives. So today I want to bring our thoughts about motherhood and its importance and the fifth commandment together. And I want to do so from this passage in Proverbs 23. Well, before delving into the passage for today's sermon, I want to say a few words about uh, why I'm, I'm addressing motherhood from this passage rather than, say, from pa- uh, Proverbs 31, which is a, a lengthy passage about the virtues of uh, godly w- womanhood. There's nothing wrong with that passage at all. However, it speaks more about how a woman ought to... Uh, follow after God in righteousness in the ways of her actions rather than a passage that speaks to honoring mothers, which is a practice that should be done by children, should it not? To honor our parents means that children have to bring some kind of uh, importance into their lives and, and, and uh, uh, make those things known about their mothers. And I don't think Proverbs 31 specifically deals with the duties of a child in honoring their parents. So today's Mother's Day sermon, I believe, should be brought from a passage much like this, where it talks about how it is that a child can honor their parents. And that's why I've chosen this passage today. Now, I was reminded this week as I was talking with the elders, uh, I think it was Friday morning about uh, the text for today's sermon, um, that Jesus on the cross in his last moments made provisions for his own mother. Of, he, he made provisions for only two people on the cross that we know of, specifically from his words. One was the, the thief who hung with him. Today you will be with, him, with me in paradise. And his mother, whom he charged at least one of the disciples to care for after he was gone. Now, truly, Christ hanging on the cross was for the whole world. It wasn't just for these two people, but he made special emphasis for two, one of which was his mother, keeping the fifth commandment even in his last breaths. That's an important, uh, an important uh, circumstance that we should give thought to. I could have preached from that. But I chose this one for a different reason. Because it speaks both to fathers and mothers. It does do that. By the way, I won't be here on Father's Day. It doesn't look like. I'll probably be preaching in Middlesbrough on Father's Day. So in some senses, this is a combined sermon for fathers and mothers. But I do want to emphasize mothers here uh, because of of today. Today is that special day that attention is given to mothers for being unique individuals in God's kingdom with unique talents and abilities. And we live in an age when unique talents and abilities that have been given to women are in disarray. They are, they are belittled. They are given little thought of. And today I want us to give great thought to these. When God created Adam and Eve... When you go back to the beginning of the the book of Genesis, at the end of chapter 1 and then through chapter 2, 
and part of chapter 3, you'll notice that the dominion mandate came to Adam before he had a wife. And he was required to fill the earth, but he had no way of doing it. How was he going to do that? He had no way of procreating. God had to intervene on his, ha- on his behalf. The commandment was given to fill the earth. Lord, how am I going to do that? And God creates the woman. And, and I've preached on this before. This is important to note. Eve was a garden within the garden. The garden would be fruitful and would produce great things. Food for Adam to eat as well as the, the various animals that were there. Much would be brought from that. And, and the propagation of not just humankind, but the animal kind would come as a result of the fruitfulness of the, the garden, right? The animals had to eat and they had to procreate as well to fill the earth. Interestingly enough, because Adam was given the, the responsibility to, to, to uh, uh, till the earth and subdue it and to fill it, I think that filling of it didn't mean just have children, but also meant make sure that the animal kingdom is fruitful as well in the filling of the earth. So Adam has this responsibility, and yet he was unable to procreate by himself, and God creates a, 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 a woman who is going to be fruitful and multiply in the garden as well. And Adam was to help cultivate not only that relationship, but the filling of the earth as a, as a result of having a wife. Well, brother, and I say all that to say this, our culture doesn't, as much as we've set aside a specific day to honor our mothers, so much of our culture speaks against the fruitfulness of women. We've, we've embraced abortion as a society as though it's part and parcel of what we ought to do. In fact, many of our political leaders promoted it as something that is uh, commendable. The killing of children is commendable. How is, that, how is that possible in the economy of God? It's not. And yet that is the whole notion of motherhood, isn't it? To procreate? Isn't she supposed to be the one that brings life to the world? Just recently, just recently, and our, our church has made a statement against this, our government is promoting women in combat of all places. Just this past week, a subcommittee of the House of Representatives has voted to include women in the selective service registration in our nation, which means that if we institute the draft again, women will have to go into the military service. How does that promote bearing fruit, the garden within the garden, that woman is supposed to be the life giver, not the, the life taker? You see, our, our, our whole... The whole notion of women and their importance in society has been turned upside down and backward. No longer is she supposed to be honored for how God has made her and for the purposes God has made her, but rather it's supposed to be denigrated and set aside as if unimportant. Well, brethren, this passage speaks otherwise to how we honor our mothers. And I want us to give note to that today. King Solomon is prompted by the Holy Spirit to write these words. Listen to your father who begot you 
and do not despise your mother when she is old. By the truth, this doesn't mean by through the truth. It means purchase the th- truth and do not sell it. That's how we know that it means purchase. Do not sell it. Also, wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who begets a wise child will delight in him. Let your father and your mother be glad, and let her who bore you rejoice. What does it mean to honor our mothers? The dictionary definition includes these terms. Recognition, showing respect, showing esteem toward exalting another. Though often a woman may show embarrassment for this kind of attention when she's esteemed highly, when she is respected before others, when she's given special recognition, she might be a bit embarrassed. She might blush. Though often women may do this, God calls us to honor them. God calls us to honor our mothers as well as our fathers. As children, we are commanded to recognize with respect and esteem that we are to exalt the persons of our mothers before others, and that, brethren, is honoring them. And one result of sincere honoring of mothers is their rejoicing in their children. When they are truly honored, they will rejoice. So how is this honoring brought about? How do we do it? What must we do to honor our mothers? Our passage today speaks of two broad categories that bring delight and rejoicing to our mothers. The two categories are given to us by way of underlying attributes. These two categories to which I speak are orthodoxy and orthopraxy. Sorry, Pastor Hickey. I don't see these words anywhere in Proverbs 23. You're right. They're not there. Those very words do not appear in the context, but the ideas are certainly there. Orthodoxy is a Latin word that means belief in the truth or true belief or right thinking. Orthodoxy means right thinking. The word orthopraxy means to practice truth or to act out truth. With these two words in mind, let us read again today's passage. Listen to your father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and do not sell it, also wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who begets a wise child will delight in him. Let your father and your mother be glad, and let her who bore you rejoice. In verse 23, the scripture tells us to buy truth and do not sell it. Then it quickly adds to that necessary purchase a further grocery list. Wisdom, instruction, and understanding. I use grocery list because this reminds me of going to the grocery for my wife. Usually there's one item that, she'll really, that she really needs. That She said, can you go pick up this one item from Kroger's? Sure, honey, I'll go. However, often, either before I walk out the door or after I've left, there's a text that pops up on my phone that includes two or three other items. Now, I'm not always really good at checking the phone before I leave Kroger's, as was the case last night. (laughs) But she really wants the one item, but the other items are helpful as well. They are part of the one item. Maybe, Maybe it's something 
that, that goes together for the meal, whatever the case may be. But here, Solomon says, buy truth. Buy it and don't sell it. And by the way, add to that wisdom, instruction, and understanding. These things all go together. Now before we move on, we must not quickly overlook the notion of buying these items. Can anyone tell me where to purchase truth, wisdom, instruction, and understanding? Where do I go to get those things? Where do I purchase them? I have to, I have to spend money, the Scripture says, to get those things. Where do I go and do that? Are they for sale at the local Kroger or Walmart? Or maybe at Best Buy? That, that would make sense, right? If I'm to buy truth, I, I would get that at Best Buy? Bad joke. Where do we go to purchase these things? I suppose one could argue that truth, wisdom, instruction, and understanding could be purchased at an institution of higher learning like a college or university, right? Maybe that's where I'll go spend my money to get those things. Be careful. Be careful. So many of those institutions are devoid of truth. They don't actually have it. Didn't Jesus clearly pray in John 17, 17, When speaking of God's chosen people, he prayed, sanctify them by your truth. He's praying to the Father, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. How many universities and colleges embrace the word of God? How many of them actually teach it and promote it? And those who do, do they do it properly? You see, truth, wisdom, understanding, These things are precious things that aren't easily found. That's why the kingdom of God is like a pearl of great price, Jesus says, that you sell all that you have to gain it. To understand truth as it relates to salvation for men, it's worth every penny that you have. Remember the widow and her two mites when she goes to worship God? She pays her two mites. She's given so little, and yet Jesus says she's given it all. That's how important this is. Buy truth and don't sell it, Solomon writes to us. Now notice again that truth is the primary item to be purchased and that wisdom, instruction, and understanding are subsidiary commodities that are worthy of investment as well. These four commodities make up the first point, orthodoxy in the passage. God's words are to be Known, to be understood, to be embraced, to be bought, and never sold. Thus, right actions will flow from right knowledge. And so, orthodoxy then produces the second point, which is orthopraxy. But one might object. Where in the passage is right practice encouraged? Where is it? I don't see it, Pastor Hickey. Look with me at verse 24. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who begets a wise child will delight in him. The word righteous in verse 24 refers to one who does righteousness. That's assumed here. It's a presupposition. The father of the righteous is a person who is the father of one who does righteousness, who acts it out. Righteousness is the acting out of truth and wisdom, instruction and understanding. These four 
commodities spoken of as orthodoxy. And the one who acts these things out brings delight and honor to his parents or her parents. When your parents see you embrace truth and live it out, that will make your mother and father rejoice. Truth lived out is the very definition of righteousness. And that brings gladness to the hearts of parents. In verse 24 in the Hebrew, the Hebrew, the first four words are these. Gol, gil, eagle, and egil. Means nothing to you, right? Maybe Craig. Craig studied Hebrew. He knows that. That is, and it's translated this way, to exalt, to exalt, to exalt with rejoicing, to exalt with rejoicing. That's what those four words mean. Gul, gil, eagle, and egil. I'm not talking about bald eagles and gulls and gills and birds of the air. These are words that speak about exaltation. Remember that one of the meanings of honoring our parents is to exalt them? In verse 24, two forms of the word of exalting are used and two forms of the word exalting with rejoicing are used. In verse 25, both the father and the mother are rejoicing in the righteous child. Therefore, we can conclude from verse 24 that these two forms of the word are speaking about the father rejoicing and the mother rejoicing. The Hebrew language is not like our language. We, and, and, and we don't think like the Hebrew mind thinks. The Hebrew mind, it's, it's, it's all, all these words are kind of woven together with meaning. And we, we look at things more from a Greek perspective. We look at it from a very stilted kind of, uh, and, and a precise look at words. That's not what's being said here. Two things are being brought to mind at the same time in these words. One is exaltation and rejoicing are being brought together as as the same thing. And it exists in the parent who's being honored, exalted, by a child who is doing righteousness. And in that, they're rejoicing. So children, and that means all of us because we're all children of somebody, right? Children... To honor your parents is to exalt them in righteousness. Embrace it and do it. Orthopraxy. That's what's being taught here. Believe the right things and then do it. Doesn't James, doesn't James encourage us to do that? Faith without works is dead. How can you have right thinking and not practice it out and say that you're being faithful? God is saying, be faithful, do it, understand it, and do it by truth, wisdom, understanding, these other things. Buy them, don't sell them, and then do it. And it will do two things for your parents. One, it will exalt them, it will honor them, and they will rejoice. Now, the Hebrew words egil and egol that are used here, these second two words, mean to rejoice with loud, sustained voices. That's what they mean. In other words, your parents will shout your praises from the rooftops if you live righteously. 
That's what you're going to goad them to do. They will shout your praises from the rooftops if you live righteously. Well, let me bring this to application then. We've said in our household many times, in the Hickey household, we've, we use a redneck proverb. Mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. We use that frequently. I think God says it better, doesn't He? Listen to your father who begot you and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the light righteous will greatly rejoice and he who begets a wise child will delight in him. Let your father and your mother be glad and let her who bore you rejoice. Brethren, that's, God is telling us, do you want to honor your parents? Do you want to honor your mothers today? Live right, righteous lives. Lives of righteousness. And if you don't know what that means, you need to study the Word of God. You need to buy it and not, never sell it and get understanding with it and get, get wisdom with it. All these things go together when we possess the truth. Brethren, do not dishonor or despise your mother when she is old. Do not abandon the truth. Do not sell it. That's what the Scripture says here. May her rejoicing last for all her life. Embrace righteousness and truth and do it. And she will rejoice from the rooftops as you've honored her in that way. Now, coming back to this word buy, it means to invest. It means to invest heavily not a little bit, not, not a paltry bit, but invest heavily. And if for no other reason than to keep the fifth commandment, which is a command with, with a promise that you may live long on the earth, as we sang earlier, if for no other reason, that's a good reason to bring honor to your mother. But brethren, I think it goes beyond that. When you invest heavily in truth, wisdom, instruction, and in understanding, and then act upon it, in so doing, not only do you honor your mother and your father, bringing rejoicing to their hearts, but you're fulfilling the very purposes for which you're created in the dominion mandate, to fill the earth and subdue it. She will be so honored when you do these things, and she will rejoice from the rooftops with the light in her offspring. Knowing the truth and acting upon it is not a reproach to children. It is the honor of your parents and the fuel for rejoicing. Let us pray together.